Welcome to Not Your Mama's Relief Society podcast, where we are kicking the culture to the curb and embracing real talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what, you are welcome here. So put your differences aside, pull up a chair, and let's talk about the kind of love he taught us. Welcome back to another episode. So I first want to read a review that I got. It says, I didn't realize how much I needed to hear this podcast today until I found myself in tears as I listened. So many life-changing messages that everyone should hear. Annie, thank you for sharing your beautiful testimony and incredible gifts with the world. That was from Tiki Tiki Timbo. So thank you for that review. So since this week is Fifth Sunday, I thought this episode could kind of be a Fifth Sunday episode where it would just be me um, sharing my thoughts, but I'm sharing the thoughts that I shared in my musical Fireside last week. So for some of you that are local or who follow me on social media, um, you might have already heard some of these messages, and I kind of argued with myself about putting this on a podcast episode, but I just felt like these messages needed to be shared and have an easy way for people to come back and listen to these messages. So the fireside was called Let Him Heal You, and it was an invitation to allow the Savior into your life, and there was basically five different parts that I talked about about healing, and so we're going to go through those and share those thoughts, and I hope that it inspires conversation in your own homes, and I hope that it helps you to invite the Savior more into your life. So the first section that we talked about with healing is about how knowing your divinity helps you to heal. So we hear the phrase, I'm a child of God, often. I mean, if you've been a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints your whole life, you basically have it tattooed on your brain. For those listening that might not be a member, that is a phrase that we talk about often. We have a song called, I'm a Child of God. It's something that we really emphasize with the children in our church because we feel like that is a primary um, foundational principle that we should all understand, that we are children of God. So if you've heard it your whole life, it might be tattooed on your brain, but has it really sunk in for you? We have thousands and thousands of thoughts running through our minds every day, but a belief is taking one of those thoughts and holding on to it and making it a part of who we are. So the question is, do you have passing thoughts about being a child of God or do you believe it? Is it a part of who you are? Elder Ballard said, because we are the spirit children of God, everyone has a divine origin, nature, and potential. Each of us is a beloved spirit son or daughter of heavenly parents. This is our identity. This is who we really are. So let's break this down. We talked about this briefly in another episode, but I wanted to bring it back here for this context. So origin means where something begins. And the Latin root is to rise. Nature means basic or inherent features of something or innate or essential qualities of a person. And then potential means latent qualities and abilities that may be developed and led to usefulness or success. And the Latin root is being able or power. So if we put these words together, it sounds like to me we are born to powerfully rise up, that our godliness is innate in who we are, and it's essential, and we have the abilities to develop those into into success and usefulness. So talking more about this divinity, how does it help us in our healing to understand who we really are? 
for me, when we really understand who we are and who we belong to, we feel more connected to God and we are more willing to approach the mercy seat, to offer our whole hearts to him and let him heal us. If we don't understand who we are, we are way less likely to ask for that healing power because we don't think we're worthy of it. And think about that. How many times have you stayed away from the mercy seat because you don't feel worthy to approach it? But when we understand who we are, then we obey the hidden commandment. Do you know what that is? It's to love your neighbor as yourself. So you are included in that. You are literally commanded to love yourself. Because loving yourself is not cockiness. It's not thinking you're better than other people. It's not being selfish. In fact, not loving yourself is selfish. Do you want to know why? Because when you're just bumming out and like sitting in the corner hating yourself and you're bumming out about your life and the things you don't have, then you are not letting your gifts and talents shine for the rest of the world. And then you are robbing the world of your greatness. And I often say to people that my confidence it means that I know I'm awesome and I know where my awesomeness comes from. I know who the source is. Heavenly Father gave me talents and gifts so I can help build the kingdom. And there is no building going on if I'm in the corner moping about how terrible I am or how my life is just hopeless. So love yourself, let your light shine, and let him heal you. I promise you are worth healing. The next part that I talked about that night was healing through prayer. So Elder Richard G. Scott said, Healing best begins with your sincere prayer, asking your Father in Heaven for help. That use of your agency allows divine intervention. So really what prayer does for us is it helps us break down the lies that Satan is telling us. Because he is desperate for you to feel that you are all alone. And that no one cares and that no one feels like you do. Because if he can kill your hope... He destroys the path to your healing. When I seek God's guidance, I feel hope that healing is possible. And that hope sustains me. It feeds my soul. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to let him win because he is literally the worst. So I need prayer as my lifeline. I need it all day, every day. So do you. Because healing doesn't happen all at once. It is a gradual process, right? So because it's a gradual process... That means Satan also has time to work on you while you're healing. Because remember, he's also keeping his promises to stop our progression. So stop trying to heal all by yourself and sustain your soul through prayer. He is lovingly waiting for you to come and talk to him. So I remember a time when I was still married and I was oh, at one of my lowest points. My daughter was still healing from surgeries and still had doctor's appointments and follow-ups and different things to check on her progress. And um, I was so grateful that she obviously was still alive, but the emotional toll from the whole process was so heavy. I talk more about that in a previous episode if you're just starting anew with the podcast, but it was really difficult to get through all of that. And it was still painful months afterwards. And my sweet son with his autism, at the time, we just didn't have a lot of resources yet. And it was just really hard and I was struggling every day with knowing how to help him and during that time as well their dad was gone for a week every month for work and that was difficult to be just me and those babies against the world and even when he was home our relationship was really rocky so I felt 
so depleted on every level. And one night I uh, gave into the dark thoughts in my head and I spiraled down into this dark space where I just questioned if, if anything was worth it. And I felt so alone and so helpless and so incapable of helping these sweet babies. And it was just so hard to keep breathing. I cried for so long, I didn't know I could still have tears left. So in all of that, in all of this mess, in all of my darkness, I bowed my head and I just begged Heavenly Father for help. And the image that came to my mind was something with my son. He had recently started a special needs preschool and it was obviously really scary for him to take the bus and to leave mom. And But the first day as the bus came to the house, he just got this determined look on his face. And he looked at me and he just put on his backpack and he just got on that bus. And the bravery that it took for him to face his fears really inspired me. Um, so that image that night was brought to my mind. And I said, Heavenly Father, can you just take this backpack tonight? It's just too heavy for me right now. I will be brave like Evan. And I'll put this backpack back on in the morning. But for right now, can you take it? I just need to feel some peace so I can sleep. And I got to tell you that I experienced a miracle. I felt the burden lift. I was given this gift of peace. I relaxed and I even smiled. Like I went from bawling my eyes out for hours to having that burden lifted and feeling peace. And I knew that I had angels lifting me up. I was able to go to sleep and it gave me the strength and the courage that I needed to put that backpack on in the morning because it was still there waiting for me, all my worries, all my fears. But because I was able to get that peace, I knew that I could do it with Christ's help, that together we were going to get through all of these hard things. And my friends, that is what true joy is. To feel peace in the midst of everything going on around you, that is joy. And DNC 136, verse 29, it says, If thou art sorrowful, call on the Lord thy God with supplication, that your souls may be joyful. Richard G. Scott, in his talk to be healed, said, When you feel you can do no more, temporarily lay your challenges at his feet. The scriptures tell you how. For example, when the oppressed people of Alma did pour out their hearts to him, and he did know the thoughts of their hearts, the Lord blessed them, saying, I will ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders, that you cannot feel them, that ye may know that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their afflictions. And the Lord did strengthen them, that they could bear up their burdens with ease, and they did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. He promises peace, even while you are still struggling. That The trial doesn't have to be over for you to feel the peace, to feel the miracle. Many, many miracles come in the middle of the storm. The next piece that I talked about with healing is how we can find so much healing when we have gratitude for our trials. And Elder Uchtdorf has a talk, Grateful in Any Circumstance, and he describes this concept so beautifully. He talks about how if we're only grateful for things, then our state of gratitude just fluctuates with the ups and downs of life. He says, could I suggest that we see gratitude as a disposition, a way of life that stands independent of our current situation? 
In other words, I'm suggesting that instead of being thankful for things, we focus on being thankful in our circumstances, whatever they may be. And then he goes on to say, when we are grateful to God in our circumstances, we can experience gentle peace in the midst of tribulation. In grief, we can still lift up our hearts in praise. In pain, we can glory in God's in Christ's atonement. In the cold of bitter sorrow, we can experience the closeness and warmth of heaven's embrace. We sometimes think that being grateful is what we do after our problems are solved. But how terribly short-sighted that is. How much of life do we miss by waiting to see the rainbow before thanking God that there is rain? This talk is so beautiful, and really, I could just read the whole thing and call it good, you know, amen. But I just, I love that. How much do we miss by not thanking God for the rain and just waiting for this rainbow and not experiencing what beautiful things rain brings? So, have you ever made a list of things you're grateful for in your trials? I was given that assignment a couple years ago, and it was hard and beautiful. It took me quite some time to write a hundred things I was grateful for, for my trials, but I did complete the assignment and I had to really dig deep and be prayerful so I could find all those gold nuggets. And what I discovered was that my heartache has created a space for me to connect with others. And that deep heart connection, that's what makes life worth living. And it comes from experiencing heartache. So in a previous episode with Julie and Emily, we had talked a little bit about this and I had expressed that in my first divorce, I ran away from the pain and the loneliness. Like I had a thousand friends on speed dial and I could just find something to do or someone to hang out with. So I would avoid feeling any of that pain. I just was like, oh, no, thank you. It can't catch up with me if I'm just too busy. Then my second divorce, I had kids. So I was forced to sit at home and just stare that loneliness right in the face. And that was a beautiful gift because it was the push that I needed to heal that wound. And Emily on that episode said something so beautiful. She said, when we lean into loneliness, that's where we will find Christ. And Elder Uchtdorf also says, but those who set aside the bottle of bitterness and lift instead the goblet of gratitude can find a purifying drink of healing, peace, and understanding. I know it's really, really hard, right? And we hear this concept a lot of being grateful in our circumstances, in our trials, and I know it can be really, really hard. So I'm not going to sit here and preach to you and tell you like, you need to do that, blah, 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 because it's whatever. I'm telling this because I've done it and because it helps. And if you're struggling with that, please reach out. I would love to help you. But it really does change everything when you can find those little pieces, those little nuggets, those things that bring joy to your heart. And when we set aside the bottle of bitterness and lift instead the goblet of gratitude, it really is so, so powerful. This next part is about healing through service. So in the same podcast episode I just referenced, Julie also said something so beautiful. She said, seeking to relate to other people is what breaks down the walls of loneliness, which is So true, so beautiful. If you're struggling to find purpose in your pain, think about how you can connect more deeply with people because of what you've been through. I really think it deepens our ability to serve when we have that empathy and we have that compassion. President Monson said, we are the Lord's hands here upon the earth with the mandate to serve and lift his children. He is dependent upon each of us. 
So when you listen to those promptings that get put in your heart, it's very likely you are answering someone else's prayer. And I think it can be very healing to be a part of someone else's healing. And that ability to serve and to love and to minister to other people is a powerful gift that we have. And I want to share a story with you. So my dear friend, Sherry, uh, we met here in Arizona, but she now lives in Georgia. Um, But this story is about her. So I was having this altercation with my ex-husband about a certain amount of money. And we were kind of going back and forth and really just butting heads over it. And it wasn't going well. And I said a prayer and asked Heavenly Father to help me to know what to do. I was like, I don't want to fight with him. I just want peace. But I also like need that money. And so I'm really frustrated. But like, I just don't know what to do. And I just felt like I needed to just let it go. Which, let me tell you, that was not the answer I wanted. I was mad <laughs> a little bit. And I was like, okay, well, help me be okay with that answer. And Anyway, I was able to snuggle my daughter, get her to bed, went to bed, and just felt like I needed to just release it and give it to him and let it go. So I went to bed and said, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to let it go. And I just told him, don't worry about it. Never mind. And just passed it off. Like, nope, not going to worry about this money issue anymore. And I told my ex not to worry about it. Then Um, unbeknownst to me on the other side of the country, (laughs) my dear friend Sherry had, um, come into some extra money and she thought to herself, like, who could I help with this money? And her and her husband decided that they were going to bless somebody's life with this little bit of extra money. And, um, for whatever reason I came to mind and she had thought about a time that I had, helped her with something financially a long time ago. It was a gift. It wasn't like a big deal. I wasn't expecting anything back from her, but that came to her mind and she thought, oh yeah, I'd love to give this money to Annie. And she went to go give me the money through Venmo and she put an amount in and then she went to bed, but she said that she couldn't sleep and it just was tossing and turning and tossing and turning. And she just couldn't get settled about the amount that she sent me. And she just said that she was just like wrestling with the spirit. Like, what do you want me to do here? And the spirit kept telling her, change it to this amount. And so she was like, well, no, I don't, I don't need to do that. That's, that's plenty or whatever. And, but then she just felt like this strong feeling, like you need to change it to this amount. So she gets out of bed and she changes the amount and then goes to sleep. And so that happened while I was asleep. Right. And the next morning I see the exact amount that I had been fighting with my ex-husband about and I called her and I said so tell me the story about why you sent this money and she told me and I told her my side of things and told her about how I had gotten this prompt to just let it go that I needed to just be okay with it and then the very next morning I see this amount and I said Sherry, there's no way that's not Heavenly Father. And she was crying and I was crying and we're like, there's no way that's not a coincidence that she felt so strongly in her heart that she needed to give that exact amount. And it just goes to show that Heavenly Father is so aware of us and that he sends other people to answer our prayers. We are literally his hands. We are mandated to serve and uplift one another. And when we do that, it is very, very healing. Um, One of my favorite quotes that I, I say this all the time, but it's from Elaine L. Jack. And she said, hands often speak as voices can't. A warm embrace conveys volumes. A laugh together unites us. A moment of sharing refreshes our souls. 
We cannot always lift the burden of one who is troubled, but we can lift her so she can bear it well. That last sentence is my favorite. We cannot always lift the burden of one who's troubled, but we can lift her so she can bear it well. I love that promise. I love it. And when we are in the place to do that for other people, it is just magic. It's so good. If you're getting promptings to help somebody, do it. It'll be amazing. And then on the flip side of that, we tend to get weird about accepting help from each other. I know it's cultural and there's every weird things about it, but if we know that we are the Lord's hands here on earth, then why deny the blessing just because it comes from an angel that you can see? I really do believe there are angels on both sides of the veil. I have experienced so many miracles and so many angels in my life, and a lot of them are visible. And I am wildly grateful for all the people who check in on me and bring me treats and bring me things and just are so, so good to me or check on me or reach out and let me know how much they love the podcast or whatever. Like I have had, I could write a whole book on all the service that has been given to me. And sometimes it was difficult to accept that help, but I really, really, really I'm so grateful for them, and I hope that it was a blessing for them as well, because I heard once that if you don't allow people to serve you, then you're denying them blessings. So don't be a blessing hog and just let them serve you, because you're denying them blessings if you don't. Christ showed us how to show up for each other in the most loving, loving way. And there's even a song about it, right? Try to be like Jesus. Love one another as he loves you. Try to show kindness in all that you do. Be gentle and loving in deed and in thought, for these are the things that Jesus taught. He wants us to be so good to each other. He wants us to serve each other. That's why we're the body of Christ, because we are the hands and feet and all the parts to build the kingdom, to build each other up, to make the world ready for him to come again. So please allow this service to be part of your healing. So this last piece is about applying the atonement for your healing. Elder Richard G. Scott said, Recognize that some challenges in life will not be resolved here on earth. Paul th pled thrice that a thorn in the flesh be removed. The Lord simply answered, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. He gave Paul strength to compensate so he could live a most meaningful life. He wants you to learn how to be cured when that is his will and how to obtain strength to live with your challenge when he intends it to be an instrument for growth. In either case, the Redeemer will support you. I love this quote so, so much because there's a lot of things in life that aren't going to be resolved here on earth, but that doesn't mean he can't support you. It doesn't mean he can't heal your heart. Elder Renland said, remember joyfully and reverently that the Savior, the Savior loves to restore what you cannot restore. He loves to heal wounds you cannot heal. He loves to fix what has been irreparably, irreparably broken. He compensates for any unfairness inflicted on you. And he loves to permanently mend even shattered hearts. I can testify that that is true. That no matter what happens, no matter how many awful things happen in your life, 
that he can mend your heart. You just have to give it to him. Because there are some things in this life that are just not going to change in this lifetime, right? And there are so many of you listening right now that are facing challenges that are so heavy. And they may not have any end in sight. And if that's you, please hear me that I love you. And that you are loved. That God loves you so much and you are not alone. And I promise you that your circumstances don't have to change in order to be healed. Healing has to do with your heart. And I had an experience recently that was part of my healing. Um, I was in a Relief Society lesson, and we were discussing the infuriating unfairness talk. And the teacher asked us to take some time to write down something we've learned from our trials. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've done this. I know how to do this. So I said this prayer, and I asked Heavenly Father if he could show me something else I could learn from my trials. Give me another lesson I could learn. And this is what came to mind. Um. I know I talk a lot about Evan, but um, he is here to teach me so many things. Um, but I thought about him and I thought about how hard it is for him to make friends and how badly he wants to play with other kids. And I had arranged this single parent camping trip and, you know, got some families to come together. They were all single parents. And my daughter had the time of her life. Like she's playing with all these kids and making new friends and she had so much fun and Evan just struggled. I apologize only because if I'm crying too hard, I can't talk. So I'm not apologizing for crying, just apologizing for needing to slow down and take a breath so I can get this out because this is still pretty raw for me. And so it's still pretty emotional. Um, so at this camping trip, he just couldn't seem to get in and be accepted. And he was just really upset about it. He wanted to play with these kids. And it just wasn't happening. And so when we went to the lake the next day, I was paddle boarding with just him. And I took him alone to go play and left my daughter with other kiddos, other adults. And um, as we're paddling over to the other side of the lake, that's where he wanted to go. And so I'm trying to get over there. And it was really windy and I'm having a hard time, you know, fighting the wind. And but he was cheering me on the whole time. And he said, yeah, mom versus the wind. And like, you got this mom. And once he finally got over to the other side of the lake, he wanted to play King Kong. And he was just guiding me through the lines of the movie because I don't have it memorized like he does. And just, you know, telling me what to say so we could pretend that, you know, we were on this island finding King Kong and we pretended to capture King Kong. We tied him to the paddleboard and it, it was really fun. And it was a really special moment for me to just be there with him. But what hit me that day was I had this image in my mind of that moment with me and Evan. And what hit me was that I'm holding space for Evan as a friend until he's able to build that kind of relationship for himself. Just like Christ is holding space for me right now until I have a partner and companion again. I need this Savior in a little bit different way right now. I'm always going to need him, but right now I need him in a different way. I need his love and support as I raise these babies by myself. And it's such a blessing because it's helping me build that relationship with my Savior. This is a beautiful opportunity. So if holding this space for Evan in this way helps me to learn about how to be the kind of person who loves like God does and the kind of love that God has for me, it's a gift. And I'm nowhere near the Savior. But if I get this little tiny piece and this little opportunity to hold space and to be there for my son in the way that the Savior would, 
then I get to go close, grow closer to my son and grow closer to the Savior. What a gift. He's an incredible gift. His autism isn't going away, right? And he's always going to struggle through this life with being different than other kids. But the miracle is that the peace is found in the struggle. And actually at the fireside afterwards, someone came up to me and they said that they had the strong prompting to come tell me that Evan is the blessing. And I agree. My children are such a sweet gift. I love both of them dearly. But yes, Evan is different in his challenges, right? And so there's specific beautiful blessings that come from being his mom. And I'm so grateful for what he teaches me. And I'm so grateful for the blessing that he is. He's so tender and so sweethearted and so beautiful. So applying the atonement is what allows us to become better and not bitter. We have this gift that is readily available to us whenever we are ready to take it. It's there. We don't have to do anything except accept it, right? Christ paid the price so that we can have that healing. I am a witness that his love is real and that he is waiting for you to let him in. I want to read a few scriptures about healing. Mosiah 14.5 says, With his stripes we are healed. Exodus 14.26 says, For I am the Lord that healeth thee. 2 Kings 20 verse 5, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. Psalms 143 Sorry, Psalms 147, verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the th throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I am inviting you to come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly because you know you're a child of God. Come boldly because you have prayed and made that connection. Come boldly because you have served other people, because you're grateful for your trials and you're applying the atonement. You are worthy of healing. So come boldly. I hope you can ponder these messages and what has inspired you and how you can learn to come to the Savior and let him heal you. I promise if we allow Christ to be our bread, our water, our breath, our everything, that not only will we be fulfilled, we will be healed. Let him heal you. Thank you so much for being here this week, and I will see you next week. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. I'm a certified faith-based life coach, and I'd love to help people create space for the Savior in their hearts and homes. If you'd like to learn more, go to AnnieJoy.com or check out my Instagram at HeyAnnieJoy.